You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about the strange things that some women smuggle into prison or that a squid can impregnate your mouth? One man's stench is so bad that it grounds a plane and we found a guy who shits on people when he gets a little too upset. We cover these stories and a whole lot more. Here is episode 47 from the Big Red Band. All right, everybody, here we are, episode 47, HYH. Man, it's been a while. All three of us back. Mm-hmm. We're all feeling good. You're back from a trip, right? It was a good time. Was it fun? Oh, yeah. Water park, 85 degrees every day. Nice. Actually, it was kind of nice because a couple of the days where we were trying to go see the sights, there was a breeze. It was hot, but breezy. So that was nice. But Nice. We'll get back to that in a second. Malcolm, good to be in the studio, sir. Good to be back. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's good to, to have it as a full van. I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. But um, you learned some really interesting stuff on your vacation. And we're coming back talking about some stuff to me that I was like, holy crap, that's really cool. I never heard about that. Yes. So two, tell, me, tell me about the tobacco stuff. Two of my favorite things I learned. So we went to Colonial Williamsburg and Yorktown and Jamestown um, in Virginia. So it's like, of course enormous reenactment refurbished buildings uh look-alike buildings of the era all sorts of stuff sure but, uh so there's a t- the tobacco house and we're in there and i'm the dude's talking and he starts telling us all these cool neat things about it and whenever they would ship the tobacco to england so it had to make a long journey there was different grades of tobacco and so the stuff that made the journey the best was your pipe tobacco that was the top grade when it was being unpackaged wherever it may end up, there was three grades. The good stuff that you'd put in your pipe, and then there was the lesser grade, which is what you would chew, which was also called snuff, and still is. You know, some people call it snuff when somebody's got a big old sure. big old snuff in their lip. But then there was also the grade below that, which was not up to snuff. And so that's where the term when you say something's not good and you say it's it's not quite up to snuff you're talking about tobacco that was being shipped not being even good enough to chew mm. so i thought that was really cool probably used that phrase before yeah some people i think of, i've heard people say not up to stuff they're just saying it wrong yeah but it's it's not up to snuff and that's where it comes from but then the other cool saying that came out of tobacco that i learned from this guy was obviously back in this era everyone smoked or chewed right there was no exceptions. Ten-year-olds probably smoked and chewed <laughs> probably. at this point in history. So, you know, just like today, when people would have amenities in their house, like, you know, hey, would you like some tea or something to drink or whatever? So back in the day, since everyone chewed or smoked, you would basically have um, tobacco that was to chew on hand. And it was kept in like a wax paper roll but you could think of like a huge cigar shape wrapped up in wax paper and you would just peel back the end and snag a bite off of it but you always had to have one for a guest exactly you had the guest one it was important every every household had one you hold up the stick of chew Mm -hmm. to your guest as a here you go and welcome to my house yeah but what is also the equally polite thing is to not bite off more than you can chew that phrase started as a tobacco phrase of chewing because i thought it had to be like a steak 
Yeah, that was one of about a thousand things that I <laughs> geeking out, nerding out, like. I think we have a show to do. Let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? So, have either of you had any recent road rage stories you care to share with the group? Um, or anything similar to road rage? I liked his. Dude, this was the other day. I'm uh, driving down the interstate. I'm going, I'm in the left lane trying to pass this person. For all of you drivers out there that don't know this, the left lane is the passing lane. Right. Exactly. Yes. So there's a a dude in the left lane. We're in a 65 zone. Or I'm sorry, a 70 zone. And dude's Mm -hmm. in the left lane going like 64. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I'm one of a dozen cars that are piled up behind this fella Mm -hmm. that we're all trying to get a move on. Now, is there slower traffic going in the right lane? Oh, yeah. There was no passing on the right lane. Okay. And then eventually there is. And, And, you know, you always give this person the benefit of the doubt in this in this case so you like you like to yeah you're in the left lane they're going slow in the left lane you're behind them and then the right lane's clogged up and you're like okay maybe they just they're going to get over when they get a chance then the, the opportunity comes and there's a whole empty line in the right lane and this dude won't get over so of course the couple cars in front of me they go ahead and pass him on the right shoulder another one passes him on the right shoulder and i'm like come on dude just have you got it yet you know and he doesn't so i pass him on the right shoulder and move on with my day a minute later <laughs> all of a sudden this same guy is going 85 up the right <laughs> lane gets right up next to me on the right looks me dead in the face and slaps a piece of paper up against the glass of his car that just says trump like you know he wasn't like being menacing or anything like that just like a blank stare i guess would be the best just the best looking way. at me. this come from uh from what? From your car? From your Bernie sticker? I guess, yeah, because I have a Bernie sticker on my car, yes. Okay. Okay. But uh, that has to be it, because I didn't do anything different than any of the other people around. I just was right in line with all the other cars passing him on the right, because he wouldn't get he over. He came and, and found it, your car. And he and came and found me. Just said Trump exclamation point. That's it. <laughs> so you're very bad handwriting, too, mind you. Like, but, my question for Hayden was, how in the world does he have a piece of paper where it says Trump on it? Is he writing this? Is well, that he, why he went 64? He probably because already had he was it prepared. Writing. He either had it prepared, or he did have his lady in the passenger seat. No. Oh, nice. They, they've shown that paper before. <laughs> yeah. You say he looked relatively calm. Yeah. They've done that before. Yeah, he was probably mid-20s. <laughs> Showing that to a lot of people on I-75. Yeah. Did you get into an altercation with him? No. Or did you no, just let him no. go on his crazy ass I let, day? I let the crazies be crazy and move along. Okay, well, last last Friday, 69-year-old former truck driver Henry Weaver of New Tripoli, Pennsylvania, had uh, a, a story for the ages, okay? Summed up by the Pennsylvania State Police in a single sentence, quote, The accused and the victim got into a road rage incident leading the accused to defecate on the victim. <laughs> he did what on him? Dude shit on someone in a road rage fight. Oh, no. So, Henry was on his way to a doctor's appointment, actually, when the incident occurred, and, quote, I was having a bad day, and it got worse. So a car pulled out in front of him, causing him to get angry and follow this guy closely. They stopped in a city named Heidelberg Township, more than likely of the Heidelberg Dickshock Belt Dynasty <laughs> that we've talked about before. The, the $18, of course, you, you know. You know. So anyway, they, they exchanged pleasantries about how each other was driving. Weaver said there was no physical contact or swinging of any kind, only that they were standing close together when they were arguing. He got stressed, and then, quote, it had to happen. Oh, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> 
He said he couldn't hold it back from going all over the other man's pant leg. No. No, you had to aim. Listen to this. This is a quote. He was right up against me, like right there, and I, I had to drop it. He just got me worked up and something was going to happen. I guess I could have easily missed him if I had turned around, but it, it just happened then. Oh, my God. Weaver himself apparently doesn't own a computer or a cell phone. and was hard to get a hold of for a comment afterwards of how it could happen, but he claims it was an unfortunate instance of IBS and he lost control of his bowels in the moment. Hmm. He says, I've put up with it for years, and you get worked up, and you're going to have to go. So, (laughs) his quotes... When you gotta go, you gotta go. ...were the best part of this article. Can you picture this scene unfolding? This guy gets cut off. There's there's only one... No, no, no. Can you picture his pants unfolding? (laughs) Think about what minimal effort it takes to either turn towards or away when you're pulling your pants down because you just gotta go right then. Okay. He turned towards that man. There is no question in my mind that 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 he was like he got all Oops. worked up. <laughs> you know, that no. shit is gross. There's yes. no accidentally shitting all over someone that is not already touching you or underneath you. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much effort does it take to turn your hips six inches another direction? You know, like, have you ever had an insanely violent one just come out of nowhere and hit you to where you just there was no holding it back? So he was already had his back turned to him when this was happening. Yeah, like as if I don't that has, know. That's the only other. That's option. what he said, and I don't know if he was walking away, and the guy was like following him closely, and he's just like, you know what, kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> I would leave that man alone at that point. Everybody, have you heard? All right, so many planes have been forced to make emergency landings due to medical emergencies or technical difficulties, right? We've mm-hmm. talked yeah, about that before. Back on June 1st, a uh, Transavia flight uh, that was traveling from the Netherlands to Spain had an emergency, quote-unquote, that caused the flight to emergency land. It was due to someone's unbearable body odor. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. So flight number HB5666 uh, was en route to the Spanish island of Gran Canaria and was forced to make its emergency landing. And after passengers began to vomit and faint from the stench emanating from the unwashed man. The staff already had uh, attempted to quarantine him in the toilet to get him away from the other passengers. Wow. Like, we're forcing him, like, sir, you just have to... <laughs> People are puking yeah. because of you. The the crew's efforts... Have you ever work. smelled anybody that bad? That just... That I want to That you were up? gagging? Like, that it made you gag? No. It's got to be feet. That's like no, caveman. No, it has to literally be butt waste. Like, yeah. Like, all of it. I mean, hair, hair, armpits, feet, butt. It said, um, one of the passengers they interviewed said, it was like he hadn't washed himself in weeks. Mm. <laughs> and several of the passengers around him had gotten sick and had to puke because of this right. guy. <laughs> He's making people puke. Yeah. I can't imagine how first class is sitting, though. <laughs> this is not... I don't think... This is that airport airline that uh, that we, we talked about before, back on episode 36, that was traveling from Dubai to Amsterdam. They had to make an uh, emergency landing because of the dude that wouldn't stop farting. Right. Remember that? And then two dudes got in a fight over the farts. Absolutely. This is the same airline. Of course it is. (laughs) There's no way. This has to be some sort of kindergarten airline. (laughs) They're doing this to get publicity. Maybe. They're planting these people on here. But uh, they landed the flight in, um, and and the, the official airline report was because of 
medical reasons, but they were basically saying... <laughs> medical reasons. No, it, it was basically, yes, it's because of the stinky dude, but they were actually landing because people were puking all over the plane <laughs> uh, because of stinky dude. So Can you imagine being ha- on had a plane? Ever, had everyone been able to bear it, they probably wouldn't have landed the plane. I would click that button up above and have my mask drop. <laughs> <laughs> Give me oxygen, please. <laughs> Um, they based, but they took him off the plane and uh, and put him on a bus and sent him home. They're like, you can't ride the plane today, sir. Aww. You probably wow. rode a bus alone. That's terrible. Oh God, could you imagine that? What do they do to the poor people on the bus? They couldn't even say, "Hey, let's get you a bath. Let's get you a shower here." Oh, I don't know. Didn't they say. just decided? But, no, let's get you on a bus. And but get they basically you out of this, the, get they, your stinky ass off of our bus. That's I guess terrible. it's more acceptable to put someone like that on a bus than on a plane or in a shower. There's- Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kitts. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're a part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us, and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? So, Hayden, I know that you love a good video game, and Malcolm, I'm not so sure about you. We've never had this conversation, but Hayden, would you, would you consider yourself a gamer? I'd, I'd say I'm a gamer. Yeah, you're a gamer? What about you, Malcolm? I'm not a gamer. Not a gamer? I'll play. I'm not what you would call a gamer. Well, I'll bring it up because we've briefly mentioned this topic in the past, and it's old news that you can get a college scholarship for being a badass gamer. Mm-hmm. And as of October 2018, esports in high schools will be a reality. Can you believe that esports mm-hmm. so you can you mean like the kids that win millions of dollars by winning madden turn tournaments you can try out for that team in high school now there will be five thousand schools covering 18 states and involving approximately five million students that will be introduced to this platform for schools this upcoming fall students will literally be able to try out for their varsity Fortnite team that's hilarious hmm. so side note Fortnite made 300 million dollars in the month of april in the month of april oh my god doubling the month of february there are 40 million people who have played the game 40 uh fortnight and it's on track to be a one billion dollar game in its first year incredible dirty anyway due to the successes of uh university level esports teams and its obvious appeal across the world china for instance their list of impre- investors is is pretty neat listen to this michael dublin who founded dollar shave club is an investor into this uh co-founder of twitch kevin lynn uh nas yes that nas <laughs> invests in this and the san francisco 49ers ownership invests in this just and these are just to name a few anyway this is how this works Play VS is the name of this platform, and it will be controlling all of it. It's an all-encompassing intranet, I guess, if you will, for the players online, and it develops the organizational software that will ultimately formalize the high school competitions. 
All matches are set and scheduled on this thing. Stats are collected and tracked. Wins and losses obviously would update real time to prevent any kind of cheating, uh, much like systems that are in place for currently available high school sports. So with this, like you said, what, 5,000 schools? So now the divisions can be like... Uh, they don't have to be close by. You know what I mean? Like Correct. You, you can do a full championship mm-hmm. at your school. Based on skill. Yeah. And it can be nationwide, and it doesn't have to be based on your district or your region or your state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all going to be you know organized on this platform called Play VS. Can so. you as a high schooler make money, though? I don't I'd say it's going to be treated just like football, basketball, or any other sport, right? I don't know how it works on the university level because it would, it because would matter if, about that. But I mentioned how it's grown at the university level, and there are serious investors that want to bring esports to the pro level. And PlayVS wants to be the feeder system for the universities to recruit from. So imagine the money they could get from universities in order for them to use certain aspects of the site for recruiting purposes, much like Huddle does for um, football coaches Mm. and other services sell their scouting tapes and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the same thing for recruiting kids out of high school for eSports scholarships. So successes this fall would more than likely gain enough momentum for this company to get enough proper funding for every single high school across the country. They're looking to launch by spring of 2019 every high school in the United States Hmm. that they're able to offer this eSports platform to. Kids are going to be getting scholarships on their Madden skills and ESP and the Ocho can become a reality. (laughs) Hmm. That's cool. Man. I think it's very cool. The latest Fortnite tournament, apparently over 25 million people watched it, watched it. Jeez. So think about how many people watch the bachelor or something like that. Ugh. People watch this stuff, man. Man, you know, when you said the $300 million. My kid, my five-year-old, she likes to watch kids swim or she likes to watch kids ride bikes. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids like to watch other kids play with toys and play games, and it's a reality. But I've seen it. When you said that $300 million in April, that that just it makes me excited because people want to spend their money on video game arts and these companies make a lot of money and then they're able to invest and create incredible games like bethesda one of my favorite game companies like that's how they are they really invest in their games they don't just pump out trash like a lot of game companies do sure Hmm. but the way video games are going these days instead of it being like i pay 50 40 60 dollars for a game and i get to play that game now it's Hey, the game's actually free, but if you want to level up faster, you can pay $5. There's people out there, mind you, you said $300 million in one month, that will spend hundreds of dollars. People will be like, "Eh, it's only two bucks. Uh, It's only three bucks to get this extra thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's only, you know, but you can add on all you want. There's Mm -hmm. like all this stuff that you can just buy in the game. And that's how it it works for. apps on your phone yeah yeah the freemium gaming industry is now making its way to console and i do not like it hmm. that's i have not played fortnite and it's just because that very reason i just don't like the idea of people being able to buy their way up instead of just you have to play the game sir right you know <laughs> like you can't you're do old it. school you know but but it's but it just ruins the experience i feel like it, do, it takes away the level playing field even though they say it doesn't it does like it does <laughs> they had no they did this in destiny 2 destiny 2 got a big problem out of it because they were allowing that in destiny 2 which was a big release game the first one was enormous and uh but they started allowing you to buy like 
equipment chests. You know, you could pay $10 and get an extra piece of gear that would have took taken you 30 hours of game time to achieve. Instead, you could just buy it. But Hayden, it's your money. Use it when you need it. 877-CASH-NOW! <laughs> yeah, but when you're talking about other not expendable income people trying to play this video game that are getting oh left in my. the dust. No, it's true, though. Like, you get in there and you try and play with, like, all these they other people. They can go get a cash advance <laughs> and level up. I know. It's just... it's just a- No, I do, I do hear what you're saying. Like, I miss the days of buy a game, play a game, not buy a game, spend a little more, spend a little more, spend a little more, spend a little more, just to keep up with everyone else that's what i mean there still is some skill though oh yeah it's not i'm not saying that at all i just they've just found a way from turning the normal price of video game from 40 50 or 60 dollars to 100 to 110 dollars everybody have you heard all right so this one comes straight out of a woman's female um um birth canal i can feel it all the way down in my plum that's where this is coming from oh no yes because we love to pull things right out The reason why I'm bringing up this story is because we've always talked about the things that come out of inmates in jail. And this happens to come right before the person, I I believe they're not even released out of jail. They're just going into jail. And so a part of policy is for all of the officers or a group of officers to go ahead and search the inmate and see what they might have on them and what they might be bringing into jail. Oh, sure. Of course. It's a standard procedure. Apparently, it is this specific penitentiary's policy to check a female's birth canal absolutely every time. they check every cavity if you're going body into cavity I search had, yeah. i had no idea oh yes. yeah buddy but you're are you ready for all the things that they pulled out of this lady <laughs> here we go i put a whole bag of jelly beans <laughs> up my ass <laughs> bobby pins so bobby pins the for officers are, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. well apparently you can use the tweezers for for that too okay i think you can use the tweezers for those so she's selling those the rest though is just crazy i don't know how you can fit this many but i saw a picture and it had a, over a dozen pens and over a dozen pencils Ooh. and they were sharpened weapons <laughs> It's the same way that the people put, are, it's, dude. It's the same way that people swallow razor blades. I don't know how that works. The officers think that, that they're going to just use it for tattoos, weapons. What in the world? Neck stabbing. Good. Uh, it's a good neck stabber. A, a, a sharpened pencil? Are you kidding me? Great neck stabber. If you're ever next to pencils again, take twelve and hold them in one hand. A good then number. Add, t- oh, dude, that is a and then huge add, and weapon. Then, and then add twelve pens to that. Oh man. Oh my word. I would argue that I would rather have the twelve pencils. <laughs> Sharpened over Agreed. twelve pens over a ballpoint pen. Heck yeah, I'm taking a pencil. I mean, the pens. Think the pens. That's like like a uh, crime of passion. If you stab somebody with a bunch of pens, but even just a number two. If you stab someone with a pencil, that could Mercy. be like like self defense, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's like I could see a lawyer presenting that in front of a judge. Like, sir. Hmm. It was pencils, not ballpoint pencils. <laughs> it's like stabbing someone with a fork versus a spoon. You know, you stab somebody with a spoon, it's like, you must really, really hate that person. <laughs> oh, my word. So, just the rest of this article was different questions that people were asking on Facebook because they released a photo of all the things they found in this lady. Of course they do, man. And everyone wanted to ask, okay, is this typical? Do you guys normally search here and find these things? See, people and they that said, hi- yeah. People that hide that stuff, man, they uh, they pick the items that they hide for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like keisters hide certain things for a reason so that they can sell them in there. She must have heard that pencils and tweezers were hot on the streets in prison. <laughs> I mean, don't they use ink from ballpoint pens, though, for, like, tattooing? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that, they do. That's the ink that I thought that most people would use. You get mm-hmm. a needle and you... Yes. That, that's what they were asking on the Facebook article, too, because people wanted to know why in the world they were bringing so many pens and pencils in there. And one of the officers said that they think it's because of tattoos, and another one was talking about using it as a weapon. You ever you ever neck-stabbed somebody with a number two? Can't say I have. Everybody, have you heard? So after rapping about uh, gin and juice... For more than 20 years, Mr. Snoop Dogg took it upon himself to mix the largest cocktail of all time in May. Yeah? So, during an appearance at the Bottle Rock Napa Valley Music Festival um, with his fellow rapper Warren G, uh, and also the, I guess this was the expert on, on duty for this event, but it was the Top Chef Season 6 winner Michael Voltaggio, but he was his like expert on the scene, but Snoop broke the world record for the biggest gin and juice by stirring up a drink that contained 180 bottles of gin. Seagram's gin? Oh, yeah. It was it was the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> 154 bottles of uh, apricot brandy and 38 jugs of orange juice. The D-O-double-G then topped off the giant booze uh, beverage with a massive drinking straw, a pink parasol, and a garnish of pineapple (laughs) and melon that was on the end of a sword. (laughs) The full cocktail was 132 gallons large after it was all mixed and and good to go. Mm. I think what was really great is the Book of World Records, like Guinness, was there. Had one of their official agents well, yeah, when on the you, scene. I think when you want to break a world record, you have to have someone yeah, there. Yeah, you got to contact them. You call them, them and, and say, hey, I'm about to do this. Yeah, yeah. and he was like, look at your nephew. So it's in there, and it's uh, officially documented. It was 38 one-gallon jugs of orange juice and the 750 milliliter size of all the other alcohols. So 180 <laughs> 750 milliliter bottles of gin and 154 750 milliliter brandy bottles. And he did this just to break a Guinness World Record? Yeah, on stage. And I'm pretty sure they, at that point, were just like pouring them out for the crowd. You know, like they just had a, a nozzle at the bottom. It's just like, you know, everybody gets one. You know, They did have a nozzle at the bottom? Yeah, yeah, Oh, man. that's the most amazing thing. Yeah, you, you going to pour it in this thing and then, all no, right, I cool, thought y'all. Maybe a hose. Or ladle, but... Uh, I thought maybe it was a hose to shoot it out on people. No, Snoop's up there on stage, like, stirring it up with the sword and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, biggest gin and juice world record. If there's any man that was going to do it was Snoop himself. Hey everyone, we're going to be right back, but in the meantime, hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Big Red Van Pod or email us at the Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes Podcasts if you're a member of Team iPhone. We'll take them. Five-star reviews we read live on the air give you shout-outs. Thank you so much for listening, and back to the show. Everybody, have you heard? A new company that has the intention of providing a drug-free atmosphere for any home or business has sprung up in Kansas City and aptly named Casey Drug Dog. (laughs) Their company homepage touts that they are, quote, professional and discreet in the detection of firearms and or narcotics. And they try to be very clear that they want to be used as a deterrent just as much as an investigator service, okay? So I know you're asking yourself, what do they have to tell the police? Uh, And the answer is absolutely nothing. 
right to remain silent. They advertise their confidentiality as the selling point. They do not require a search warrant to conduct any of the searches and have zero obligation to report anything to law enforcement. Well, they don't need... You're calling them to come search for you. Right. So your that, pro- property that you own yeah. in, in all of these instances, all right? They have multiple dogs, each trained to sniff out different things, and they are marketing very strongly towards concerned parents, apartment building owners, school boards, and small businesses in the Kansas City area. The apartment building thing stood out to me because of how these leases can be written with all kinds of stuff into them mm-hmm. and making this, quote-unquote, legal for mm-hmm. them to do. Like, it can be written into the lease that the apartment owner can... Just have random searches with this drug dog company, right? So it works like this. Dad thinks son is hiding some weed in his garage, but can't find it. (laughs) Dad wants to prove a point to son, so he calls KC Drug Dog to come over unannounced one day. Maybe when son is home playing basketball in the driveway. (laughs) Oh, God. Canine gets out, kid drops his ball, shits his pants, dad wins, right? (laughs) Game over. But if or when anything is detected, the quote-unquote dog handler, because I guess I can't call him an officer, uh, simply marks the spot, they collect their money, and they go on their way, leaving the parent or the business owner to deal with the situation as they choose. So I say parent or business owner because I'm sure those are two very different decisions to make. Mm -hmm. If you're the apartment building or the school that has this drug dog come in there and they detect narcotics, you're calling the cops immediately. Yeah. But if it's your parent, you know, maybe maybe you just flush down the toilet or maybe you just whatever. Maybe if you're that kind of parent, you just take it and just dispose (laughs) of it. Air quotes, right? (laughs) Hey, honey, I can't. We're all out. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet Billy's got some in his room oh somewhere. <laughs> Let's call call, the, call those dogs. KC Drug Dog. <laughs> so immediately, my brain went to the place of, what if they find enough to consider it evidence of trafficking, though? Like, is there any level that they can find where they would change that no obligation to report stance that they have? I'm sure they have to. Like, what if they find a human foot instead of drugs? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's got to be written in the contract. Like, we're here for petty, you know, misdemeanor-style drug offenses. The to- we- the webpage, I encourage you to look at it because it's very basic. Yeah. But it gives you reasons as to why they, they try to tout their service as necessary is really the only things you can click on. There's different examples as to how they, you would use their service. And it you have to make an appointment, I'm sure, to understand the fine details of how much it costs and what you're signing away as far as rights and things like that. But yeah, sure. What if they find a duffel bag with 200 grand in it, dude? I know. That's what I mean. Like surely that's got to be written in the contract of like, if we find more than this much, we do have to report it. But if we find less than this, or if we find more than this much, we are taking our cut first and then we're leaving. (laughs) And then we, and, and if you don't report it, then, uh, we won't report it. Huh? (laughs) <laughs> mercy how much freedom does a company like that have i guess i went a lot of different ways with it like yeah it's cool it's especially cool for schools to be able to use something like so, this because it said firearms too is it so, a, is it a crime right now if say i were to see someone with a felony level of drugs and not call the police do i get am i just as much in trouble no See and something, we, say something is not a law that you are breaking. That's more a moral code. So, so that's what I'm saying. So these people are under the same the same rule as any normal citizen would. So if it's not a crime to not report something you see... I think there's a difference between that and criminally negligent. 
it's just seeing it and being a passerby and seeing it to some level of to where you could consider yourself somewhat involved with it and not saying anything about it is different. Everybody, have you heard? All right, it's not a boy, it's not no. a girl, no, <laughs> it's a squid. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Many many of you females out there think that at the age of 63, you cannot get pregnant. <laughs> you can buy a squid. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, no, it's not exactly what you're thinking. So anyways, this lady, 63 years of age, um, decides that she's going to um, eat some uncooked seafood and does not fully prepare it. So she made two mistakes, first of all. Mistake number one, she didn't remove the organs out of this squid when she was deciding to cook it. Yeah, like typical typical cook fashion. Yeah. You gut the fish before you grill it. Did not do that. Okay. Mistake number two. Never had squid, but okay. Squid. I have not either. Squid. Oh my god. Is yeah? my favorite. Isn't that what calamari is? Uh yes. Uh, I think so. Yes. It's breaded and it's the or appetizer that, that you or can get. Octopus. Uh, either way. Yeah, usually get it fried. Yeah. But I like it just steamed like in single pieces like sashimi. Like no, sushi. thank you. That's disgusting. Oh no. <laughs> Boy. Little, little drop of little drop of wasabi on You're that. You're awful. No. That's how, the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my you? life. I know there's people out there listening that will back me up. No. Squid is delicious. None of them. Four. <laughs> Second thing she did wrong when preparing the squid. So first thing was didn't remove the organ. Second thing, she didn't even boil it all the way. See, now I know better than that. Correct. And I've never had it, and I'd still boil it and t- for I know like some people like their hours. cow to keep kicking. Yeah. This squid kept kicking. <laughs> no. Nope. So anyways, what's reported is she takes a bite of this squid and cannot swallow because of this pain that is in her mouth. Come to find out, after they've done a little bit of research and she gets some medicinal help, the squid tried impregnating her in in her mouth. It's your boy, skinny penis. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the sperm got into her mouth. They discovered um, a dozen different sperm bags in her mouth, which were um, trapped in her tongue and her gums. Your boy got her. Yeah. (laughs) He did. And apparently researchers say this is not the first case they have ever had of this. And they talked about how a 21-year-old female had the same issue so i did not read any reports that said interesting it happened that it's to happened a male females <laughs> exactly that's what i was gonna say i have not seen one report prove me wrong please internet but all of these are females <laughs> how, how does the squid know so yeah she had 12 japanese flying squid babies in her mouth wow. or, or potential or potential babies <laughs> i'm trying to imagine the uh the reproductive process of a squid that has its sperm bags, whatever you want to call it, that have like sperm bags. What word that would have to be like barbs or su- suction cups or something to make oh. them stick to things, yeah. so that and, it would stick to your tongue. And trying or your to start gums. getting some nutrients and whatnot, or just trying to connect with anything. Maybe that's how I don't know. Like it was probably the right temperature as soon as it got into her mouth. Like, the same of a female squid, or I, I don't even know how it works. Everybody, have you heard? So what's the uh, weirdest reason that you've ever gotten out of school or work? Okay, my I went to a private school, so I have weirder reasons than y'all do. Go ahead. We had a wind day. That was weird. Where the wind felt too fast. We There was no tornado watch or tornado warning there was a wind day that's a good so because 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 the wind was too fast we got to go home i'm not kidding this happened in tennessee 
We had a wind day. That's, That's incredible. We I'm also not going to beat that. I'm not going to top that. We also had a cold day, but it was only because they felt though the pipes of the school were too cold. It wasn't because of anything else. We don't have we didn't have school buses, so you didn't have to worry about that. Hmm. We didn't have to worry about going outside for recess either, because during the winter, normally we would stay inside if it was too cold. But because the pipes of the school were considered <laughs> too cold, we got to go home. Wind day. Wind day. Go ahead, Hayden. So on uh, Groot Elant, which is in the Gulf of uh, Carpentia. Carpentaria, Australia. Sure. Northern Australia. Groot. The indigenous residents there widely believe in curses, which can be placed on any person, place, or object. The article was focused around this lady named Kara. Um, she, she works at a, the community shop, and just in the middle of the day, almost like a fire drill, basically they got the word that somebody had cursed the, bil- the business and <laughs> <laughs> never had to get out. So the entire building would empty out, deserting any confused newcomer who is, you know, either a visitor or whatever. They have, have no idea because none of the locals are going to stick around and explain it to them and why they need to get out of the building. They're yeah. just like, "Oh my God, it's cursed in here! Out, out, out!" <laughs> so the the town that they live in, the community is called the Angururugu. Got it. I am Groot. I think I said that right. Anguru Rugu uh, community, of course. Where she she used to work in the in the community store. She doesn't anymore, but she said it used to get cursed a lot because basically, if somebody's trying to piss off everybody else in town with a curse, or somebody's trying to do something malicious, public buildings or public places were the best things to curse because it disrupts everybody's day. <laughs> so I'm just going to curse our school. <laughs> So, I mean, if you're a newcomer to the place and that's what happened, you kind of, like, don't understand what's going on. You could just get left in the moment and be like, what? Like, standing in the line at the grocery store, basically, and then, like... Everyone's walking Everybody leaves, and you're just, like, standing there like, (laughs) what the hell's going on? (laughs) I don't get my milk? (laughs) He needs some milk! (laughs) So, earlier this month, one of their schools fell victim to the curse. (laughs) And they closed it for 13 days because of the curse. Why'd they choose that number? That's another curse. I know. Okay. So I'm going to get into that. But the perpetrator that did it was apparently just a man that was in a bad mood that was uh, pissed off after arguing with his wife. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go curse the school. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> and so he did. Um, 159 students were out of classes for 13 days, which sparked a huge backlash. So the local ceremonial elders of their community decided that any future curses on the public infrastructure would be ignored by the uh, by the community. <laughs> so it's this like 13 day thing. It's not really working out good for that, business. Okay, so but the 13 days thing was how long it took before they were able to lift the curse. So exactly 13 <laughs> days. Basically, what they would do, or I'm sorry. What a curse actually is, is it, it can be delivered through a song spoken by the person or by pointing at something with like a bone. Um, and you have to be, the way they described it was you're taking something from the spiritual world away and putting it into something in, in a place where it shouldn't go. Okay. That's essentially what a curse is. And it could be for good or for bad or for whatever. But the way that their belief system in this town, which, the, you know, non aboriginal people that believe this way also live around here so this they're not the only people that live there so they just buy into it like you know what i'm gonna go curse this i don't want to go to work hey man i'll give you twenty dollars to curse work i don't want to go to work today there's the game on man so but to cure the curse okay thirty dollars 
Um, so Kara, the lady I said this article is about, she was the one that basically was explaining how all this worked. And she was saying that the, like I said, it could be through a song or whatever, calling something out. But it was usually done publicly so that the community would find out about it and everyone mm-hmm. would know about it. So you wouldn't do it in silence or in secret. You would have to say it publicly so people would know. And then some curses are permanent. But in many of the instances, the community would have to work and do something to remove the curse. And this could only be done by specific people who often had to travel in from the mainland because they lived on an island. And, oh, you know, shit. So they would have to ship people in <laughs> to undo these curses. We got a curse on the school again. Yeah, she said waiting for a curse to be lifted was most often a very frustrating process. Why didn't they have, like, diplomats? Like, just ones that they didn't have to ship in. Ones that were just constantly staying in town, you know? <laughs> I mean... They, they should have, like, curse-lifting diplomats all over Aboriginal Australia. I mean, put me on payroll. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was like um, what I was well, save us so save so much money in travel costs. They they basically were saying that like you know we as the elders of the community are now saying that any public building curses are going to be we're going to consider those not real. We we can't afford calling these dudes in from so far away to lift that bullshit curse that dude didn't want to wait in line for his organic apples for. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, all right, I know this is all a joke, guys, right? So uh, from now on, these public buildings, th- those aren't real. We all know that. <laughs> Everything else, fair game. That was my favorite thing is that they could just decide. It's like, you know what? This is causing too much trouble. Like, you know, we're going to follow normal laws, but we're, we're going to keep some of them. Either that or they were like, you know what? We've reached a level of outsiders coming into our people that are going to abuse our law. To where it's not worth it for us to actually tr- practice it that way to the full belief system. That's maybe a good point. So you know, like we've got enough outsiders that are gonna want not to go to work, want not to go to school, want not to stand in line for their organic apples, <laughs> whatever, and be, so they're gonna curse something. I wonder what the mm. uh, curse giver incurs. Mm. Like I wonder if someone that gives a curse has to undertake some yeah. some type of penalty or some type of penance for what they do for placing a curse. No, but basically yes, like certain curses if they were to do ill will against someone else, like you could potentially be quote unquote damaged from doing that curse to that other person. So I'm sure so that like, a lot of it the was non- a risk, it was a risk you would take. Sure, so then all of the non aboriginals, so to speak, that would come in and be like not going to work today <laughs> curse and work you know whatever and then you're fired and you're fired and but that's okay no one has to go to work for however long yeah so you both if i'm correct don't believe in ghosts and i do or you want you want to believe Wayne, i want right? to but okay. I, i'm i'm like i'm, so as, I'm enough your, on hayden's team where i'm like i what need is some evidence the, what is the van's stance on curses the same as it is on ghosts i would believe i'm but gonna they, go with just total nonsense they're one and the same they have to be one and the same hmm. all right that's just me. i think they're possible i just don't think everyone has the right to grant them i but, think they are i think curses are possible i used to think the curse of Tippecanoe was possible what is would, that have you heard that one before mm-hmm. i don't know the exact details on it but it was about um every president from the 20th year being shot and killed i think oh, it's, i've seen something i like think that, it's yeah like that so and you could look back and see who's been assassinated or who's been um shot at there's the been la- a president shot in the 20th 
the president of every 20th year, whoever was in that office of the 20th year, ended up getting shot and killed or ended up dying or was assassinated somehow. Hmm. And apparently George Bush broke it. Oh. And they think that his moment of when he broke it was when that shoe was thrown at him. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's the curse of Tippecanoe, and now it's broken. Hmm. I used to think that was a thing. I looking at the numbers, it's a stretch. Sometimes it's I called don't know. coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? So I don't know about y'all, but uh, whenever I've gone under anesthetic, I've had the thought in the back of my mind. What if they did something, like, really messed up to me while I was out? Why would you care? I'd probably never know, though. Luckily, I've only had that <laughs> twice in my life, where I've gone under, like, for wisdom teeth uh, surgery, mm-hmm. and then one other surgery in mm-hmm. my life, where I was under with the opportunity of that happening. I've never gone in, and, I mean, although it might look like it, I haven't had any uh, face lifts or... <laughs> <laughs> My butt hasn't been lifted or anything like that. But yeah, I've, I've only been under for uh, well that I can remember. I had a surgery when I was like three, but uh, you remember that one? No, no. Oh, I was, I was, I was the gonna only one say I, I can remember is wisdom teeth. So either yeah, you've seen too. any of the YouTube videos of the doctor dancing to the song "Cut It" and singing things like "My Big Booty Is on Fleek," among other stuff, while she had her patients under anesthesia and was operating on them. Do I know the song "Cut It"? Uh, you, you might. I don't know who sings it. I didn't take the time to look it up because it was so offensive under the circumstances. <laughs> Her name is Dr. Wendell Davis Boutte, of all things. Boutte. B-O-O-T-A-Y. No. <laughs> if only it was. B-O-U-T-T-E French. Oh. No. <laughs> French. No. And I know. <laughs> even before this made national news, she had settled as many as five malpractice suits. So she took. Oh, so she was already oh, she, on the hot seat. Already, already that lady, right? So she took advantage of a loophole in Georgia medical law where anyone licensed to practice medicine is also licensed to practice surgery. And she offered plastic surgery like types of procedures to her patients. And even though she was only board certified as a dermatologist. Whoa. So that's up until now. So she finally had this revoked. So after incredible uproar since the surfacing of the videos, the Georgia Medical Board finally suspended her this past Thursday with the statement saying her continued practice, quote, poses a threat to the public health and safety and welfare of the people in the Georgia area. Some of her patients seen on these videos wanted to go in and get like a, uh, quote unquote, smaller and rounder butt or fuller lips or maybe some underarm looseness to be not so loose, things like that. Instead, they're coming out of surgery lopsided and infected. Over 100 women have now come out with complaints, and there is one extreme reaction one patient had that now left her with brain damage. Oh. Back on May 31st, which is around... Oh, did she get like a staphylococcus and then get... So when all this blew up back, it was right around Memorial Day, a woman was taken by ambulance to the hospital because of a collapsed lung. It was discovered later that this happened to her one day after she went to see Dr. Boutte for liposuction, breast augmentation, and a Brazilian butt lift. So, oh, Brazilian mm, butt lift. That's what they have this <laughs> Why advertisement for. Why do you say it for. like that? I just want to oh, know what Brazilians. makes it Brazilian. <laughs> 
Correct. So there's this crazy investigation going on now, and many past patients are joining together to sue this lady. Like, the medical board now seems to be ramping up their case against her, and she continues to state that she, quote, has done nothing wrong, and even saying later, listen to this, quote, I am a surgeon. I am supposed to be able to multitask. (laughs) In the video, she is dancing to the song Cut It. She has an unconscious patient laying half-naked right in front of her and starts by slicing her scalpel through the air right above the patient's back while they're asleep. (laughs) Then you can see her making incisions in line with the rhythm of the song while her hips are shaking and while her arms moving and all that. Sometimes pausing mid-cut to wave the bloody scalpel to the camera that's mounted while that's recording all this stuff. Oh my god. At one point, she had at least 20 different videos online. All of them in full length have been taken down now, I think. But you should be able to find them somewhere. And this lady is, she's going to, hopefully she's going to go to jail, but it's a current story that's going on. And I thought it was crazy. I saw a couple clips from the videos and picture Tropic Thunder and picture Tom Cruise dancing to apple bottom jeans. And (laughs) that's how she's dancing in these videos. And she's got two of her assistants like standing next to her in a video shot, turned around, like shaking their butts while they're like handing her. It is a hip hop video going on while these people are passed out in front of her. See, but we we as Americans and we as people would never, ever, ever complain about it if she did a good job. <laughs> That's such a good point. That's, That's such I a good point. The fact she was on the hot seat and having issues was not yeah doing her any credit on one of the videos that i watched while i was looking for this stuff i saw i don't know if it was a steve harvey show or something but some celebrity was sitting down talking to a talk show host and they said well you know this is kind of a lesson learned that you cannot get plastic surgery on groupon (laughs) (laughs) that's very true you know there's certain or at least if you can you shouldn't mini golf yeah (laughs) new butt no not so much anyway that's my list you guys all done Mm. that's it i put a whole bag of jelly beans (laughs) up my ass thank you for listening to this everybody we're gonna catch you on the next one